Next on BYU Sports Nation, game day at Portland for men's hoops. Are you confident the Cougars can just do it? Greg Rubel joins us from Portlandia to preview the Cougs and the Pilots. It is the final regular season road game for BYU. And why women in math at BYU made a national splash yesterday. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, February 22nd. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is spending his 401k at the Nike Company Store in Beaverton. <laughs> so I'm teamed up with a dude who spends a minimum amount at that store, Jason Shepard. It's true. Uh, I was there a couple months ago with uh, BYU Women's Soccer mm-hmm. and uh, went over with some of the coaches. Yes. I think I ended up, after the discount, only spent like 120 bucks. That's I got like four or five things. I was happy with it. Four or five things for 120 that's Yeah, yeah I got good. some shoes, uh, some sweats, uh, a hoodie. And a T-shirt. So four things. Not bad. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Not bad. We have four or five things to discuss as well. Let's get to it. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, it's a ball night in Portlandia for the men's hoopsters, the penultimate game of the regular season. They're soaking in the Nikeness, the Roses, and Willamette River in preparation for tonight's matchup at the Yoli Childs Center. Okay, Jason, team rankings gives BYU an 82% chance to win at Portland tonight. Nine and a half point favorite in Vegas. What's your confidence level in tonight's game at Portland? Uh, it's very high. BYU is going to win this game. I, I, Amen. I, I don't have much of a concern. And look at the other thing about this. You look at this year, BYU has only lost back-to-back games once. On the road at LMU at and then and, 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 and yeah at LMU which is kind of the outlier it's the it's the weird loss and then at Gonzaga which you can certainly understand even though they played well in that game so yes. Portland's a weird place though what BYU does after a loss is typically bounces back with a W not only do you have that but you're playing a team that you've beaten four times in a row you're playing a team that has lost four in a row and. You're the better team going in. So I am not concerned about this game uh, whatsoever. Yeah, BYU's winning this game. I, I, confidence level, a gajillion percent. Like, I, I believe that BYU will be focused. An actual number? They'll be ready. Yeah, yeah. What, what was the word a couple years ago uh, that they added to the dictionary because everyone just kept saying it? Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah, it's a word if people say it. Uh, BYU is beating Portland tonight, and they're going to win handily. They are, and it's going to be a, a mass BYU crowd. The Mormon settlement theory will kick in. Um, you know, the, the locals will be annoyed. BYU fans will be there. It'll be awesome. It'll be a great experience for those going. I, I'm, I'm not concerned at all. BYU's winning this game. Agreed. All right, Dave Rose told Greg Rubel on this week's BYU Basketball with Dave Rose show that I think you may know a little bit about that he's looking for more balance from his team. We need to become more balanced as a group. We, you know, we went through that first part of league and we had a couple guys that did most of the damage offensively and uh you know what we need is we need to spread that out a little bit i think that there's more focus uh with the with defensive game plans and uh hopefully we can just improve the confidence confidence of our team and become a more balanced offensive group okay jerem with that in mind then which two non-big three players do you believe will step up for byu moving forward 
are none an option is none an option because I'm not sure. I, I think the Dalton Nixon is a guy that could emerge. Uh, he's averaging five a game. Joshir Hardnett's really off and on. Zach Selyus, you know, it's it's hard to know what you're going to get from him. Luke Worthington scores 16 at Gonzaga because of the mat. I don't know. Okay, can I? I really don't know. Okay, can, let me change the who who would you like it to be? Peyton Dastrup, stretch the floor a little bit, and Zach Selyus. Yep. Two dudes that can come off the bench and shoot threes, but BYU has been horrendous from three on the road. They shoot 25% in losses, uh, 40% in wins. You can look at the three-point number and know if BYU won or lost a game almost every time. So I don't know. I don't know. Who do you think? Well, I mean, I'm, I agree with you that there hasn't been a consistent non-big three player that has done that. It's been different guys. And there hasn't been a consistent number three. TK has been off and on. You're, you're right. But the the one guy that I, I agree, you'd mentioned one is Dalton Nixon. I, I really like Dalton in this system. I'm glad that he's been back. I, just what he brings to this team is is so needed, his skill set. The other guy that you mentioned a second ago, Zach Selyus. I think it's those two. Zach Selyus is a guy He's coming off one of his better performances in the loss to San Diego. He finished with 11 points. His skill set is what BYU needs. His ability to catch and shoot is is what BYU needs. If he can get on track consistently along with Dalton, man, that'll go a long way for BYU making uh, making a run coming up this next week. Not having a good four and five to score, whoever those two are combined, is a real issue. We mentioned it yesterday. Greg Rubel, who we'll talk to coming up from Portland uh, later on in the program, tweeted that the combined average of the fourth and fifth scores on this team is the lowest it's been in the Dave Rose era. Yeah. That's a real issue. If Elijah Bryant's not having a great day, that's a real issue. You know, you need more people to do more things. All right, Jason, the way the Women's West Coast Conference Tournament is set up is weird. The three seed plays Thursday, then doesn't play until Monday. But if you're the, a top two seed, you don't know who you're playing until Thursday night, and then you play Friday. Jeff Judkins, what do you want? If you ask me personally for the tournament, the third seed's more of an advantage than the second seed. It's just because you know who you're playing. You win that game Thursday. You don't have to worry about Friday. You go in and you can prepare and have one more extra day. In the spirit of Mark Cuban, should BYU women's basketball tank for the three seed? Look, um, getting the three seed is, as Juddy mentioned, is advantageous for BYU. They are not going to purposely lose a game <laughs> to get the three seed. Amen. They're going to go out and win try to win both of these last two games. They've got Portland tonight. Then they finish at Gonzaga. They're going to do their best to win both of those games. And if they end up as the number two seed, they're going to go into Vegas as the two seed and play the best they possibly can. They are not going to sabotage themselves in order to get one extra day of rest. If it works out that way, which it very well may, then they're they're happy to be the number three seed. But they're not going to tank. They're not going to mark Cuban it. BYU will finish as a three seed. They're a game back of St. Mary's right now. BYU should beat Portland tonight. And then in Gonzaga, that's always been a tough matchup for everybody who plays there, let alone BYU who hasn't won there in six years as a member of the West Coast Conference. BYU's finishing as a three. No worries. BYU's going to be playing on Friday. One of the Thursday. Big, Thursday, yes. Thursday. One of the big national stories over the night had to do with the Olympics. USA! <laughs> the U.S. women's hockey team beat Canada for the gold medal late last night or early morning, depending on uh, where you were, in shootout fashion. And this got us thinking about this in BYU terms and is our question of the day. 
Who is the BYU athlete you would want with the ball in their hands if the gold medal were on the line? Danny Ainge for me. Danny Ainge. He hit the biggest shot in BYU sports history against Notre Dame in the Sweet 16 to get to the Elite Eight. That was amazing. There's never been a bigger moment uh, for BYU in a bigger game. Jim McMahon wins BYU's first game, uh, bowl game, in crazy comeback fashion. Certain amount of luck involved in that final throw, right? Danny Ainge was all skill, baby. Driving past and getting above Orlando Woolridge and laying it in to the Elite Eight. BYU's never done that before or since. Danny Ainge, baby. All right. See, I, I had one for bass. I was going to go with Jimmer. Because Jimmer, hashtag because Jimmer. But I I ultimately have changed my mind, and I'm going to go with Ty Detmer. Why, says Nancy Kerrigan. Ty Detmer, I had the utmost confidence that when Ty Detmer had the ball in his hands, good things were going to happen. I'm going to put the ball in a guy like that's hands. So for me, Mm. I went with Ty Detmer. Ty Detmer, one one of the GOATs. One of the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks, for sure. That's where I'm going with it. Absolutely. Jason, in a recent interview, new TCU athletic director, Jeremiah Donati, said, quote, I get asked all the time about conference expansion and realignment in 2024, and will this stadium expansion guarantee we'll stay in the Big 12 conference, he said? The answer is no. There are no guarantees. Is the no guarantees comment a good or bad thing for BYU? Okay. I don't want to sound like I'm dancing around, but it depends. Stop dancing. <laughs> it depends on what the scenario is that plays out. So if they're going to possibly boot teams out of P5 status, does that... Is That's it, what he's inferring. No, I know, but what I mean is, does that mean that they're going to keep the same number of teams? They may just swap some out. Mm-hmm. If that's a scenario, then obviously it's, it is good news for BYU because there's an open spot. If it just means that they're going to kick teams out and then not replace them, that's not good. Because then that puts more people in the pool that would ultimately want to get back into P5 status. So I don't know what he means. If it means that you're going to kick someone out and then replace them, the more times that happens, absolutely that's good for a team like BYU that's looking to take one of those spots. I had never really considered the fact that people could be uninvited to the dance. (laughs) Uninvited Power 5 conference members. To me, this is a good thing for BYU. The possibility of not just being an addition, but being, uh, being a substitution could be a good thing for BYU. The question is whether teams will be replaced or added, because added means TV contract has got to be bigger and make sense uh, for everybody. The last time BYU went through this, and it was an embarrassing, dumb process uh, for everyone watching, yet BYU feels like they made some progress, right? That's great was that, that we, don't, we, we don't know, uh, we don't feel like these conferences think that adding these other teams is a benefit and a need that they have. So substitution would be a better thing than an addition, I think. Hey, you and I can... I, the Pac-12 needs to say, ah, Colorado, we're done with you, and bring in somebody else. Or the Big 12 says, you know what? Sorry, Baylor, you're out. Well, we, you and I can both come up with several teams that are currently in P5s that you know what? They probably don't deserve to be there. They what, got what, in in the they, 40s or the yes. 70s, and congratulations. Yes. They've been tenured since. We could spend an entire show discussing some of those. All right, currently outside at the Marriott Center right now, there are students camped out to get seats for Saturday's BYU basketball game. 
as the Cougars host Gonzaga. Also currently outside the Marriott Center, <laughs> it is 22 degrees. 22. Jerem, it's warm. What would you camp out in below freezing temperatures for? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I'm in my 30s now. I'm 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 not excited to yeah, do that me anymore. Too. Slash my wife would be like, "Hey, help <laughs> me with our kid." You know, so nothing. Yeah, I'm with you. Number one, don't like the cold. Number two, don't like camping. <laughs> I don't like camping either. Boy Scouts made me camp. Yes, I didn't want to do it. Yes. Yeah, I didn't want to do it. The nineties made me do it. <laughs> yeah, there's there really is nothing okay. Sooner or later there would be something like, okay, I'd do it, but right now I can't think of it. Like Cardinals season tickets, or, and we'll fly you out like one night like, overnight. Yes. It has to be something extreme yes. that's unfair. It, it's something that hasn't happened yet that it's coming to mind to say, yeah, I would do that. BYU will win a the West Coast Conference tournament. <laughs> we'll win a tournament for the first time since so on. Jason. Yes. Ah, oh, this next one. This got some social media run yesterday from uh, the BYU. It's a flyer for uh, a BYU in women math seminar. Uh, is there something missing in this flyer? Here's the funny part Am about I'm this. describing this for the radio audience? I, I, <laughs> I went... Uh, my wife is actually the one that brought this to my attention. She's like, she's like, look at this. And she showed it to me. And the funny part was I looked at it and I didn't get it at first. And I'm like, what? It says, it says women in math. And then all of a sudden I realized that above the words women in math, there are four pictures of people who will be there. Women, right? All guys. Oh. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. Oh, that's why this is funny. This made a national it did. Uh, splash, uh, and not in a good way. So, um, yeah, next time the flyer's made, you just, you know, put women in math. I, I think it's a simple solution. Uh, let's get to our question of the day again. Who is the BYU athlete who you would want with the ball in their hands if the gold medal was on the line at our Greenhawk? Current or former? Current, Elijah Bryant. Former, Danny Ainge, Jimmer, or Ashley Hatch? Hmm, very nice. Three good answers. Use hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Coming up, I'm still looking to make up ground with my and one picks. Can I do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a tease. That's an answer. And did Greg Rebell survive the night of great Canadian disappointment? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight is senior night for BYU women's basketball as they host Portland at the Marriott Center. You can watch the game on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern time with one Jerem Jordan. Welcome, because last That's week. right, baby. Excited for that. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation and... Uh, Instagram and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN as well to weigh in on the question of the day. On the what did we decide? The combo is of the three. Uh, the Insta Twitface. Insta on Insta Twitface. Who is the BYU athlete you would want with the ball in their hands if the gold medal was on the line at NM Coog Seventeen? KVN. No more clutch with a game. No one more clutch with a game or season on the line. I could trust him to take over and will his team to the win. Assuming we didn't have the ball. Single-handedly won the 2012 Poinsettia Bowl. That was an amazing performance. I, w- I saw that in person. Yeah, it was that, awesome. That was an incredible performance. It was performance. awesome. And he went to back-to-back Super Bowls. Pretty cool. Now joining us from Portland, the land of Lewis and Clark. His name's Greg Rebell. He's the voice of the Cougars. He has a picture on our set. 
He's on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Greg, how is Portland this morning? Well, good day from Portlandia. It's uh, cold and icy and snowy and all the things that I've uh, never come to expect from Portland. <laughs> well, see, now, the last time we talked to you, you had, had gotten onto a, a, the beach, had a nice run on the beach. A different week. It's, I would imagine, a little bit yeah. uh, different this morning. No beach, no run. <laughs> okay, before we break down BYU in Portland, we do have to talk about the events of uh, last night. Um, and we'll get to a cool thing about <laughs> we'll get to a cool thing about Canada later. But the hockey, the hockey, and the curling. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, the the night of great Canadian disappointment? Well, Team USA certainly deserved the win. I thought they were, uh, you know, they, they they were the team that looked, especially in the overtime. They were the team that had uh, had more legs and more jump. And uh, I, I I thought had Canada snuck out a win in the shootout. Uh, it might not have been the, uh, uh, the the most just or the fairest result. I really thought that uh, USA deserved the win, and, and they got the win. So, uh, you know, good for that team. And it had been 20 years since they'd beaten Canada in a gold medal match. There it so is. So I, you know, I, I think you have to have, you know, there has to be, uh, you know, some some equality to make a, a rivalry truly great. And so <laughs> to that end, to that end, I, I, apply, I applaud the U.S. effort, and, and it really was a, a gripping uh, you know, spectacle and, and some great skill being showed, especially in the shootout. I mean, those are high-caliber goals being scored. So, yeah, you, you, you applaud Team USA. And the curling thing is, uh, yeah, it's a mess. Um, <laughs> you know, as, 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 as we've talked about, uh, you know, Canada had medaled in every Olympics, women and men, since they brought curling in in 98. And then the women won't even medal, and the men lost to the USA. They'll play for the bronze medal. And so uh, I, I really fear that... Uh, uh, you know the, the the curling teams will be pariahs when they get back home. This is uh, this is truly uh, uh, it's it, it, it's it's almost inconceivable. A day that won't be forgotten in Canadian history. Uh, now you are American as well, so do you ever have you know in, in these matchups? Do you ever have split loyalty? Well, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm kidding about them being pariahs. Of course, we will we will embrace our athletes. Uh, we never we never take it too hard. What's great thing about Canadians is they kind of get over things relatively quickly and. And, uh, and and they're always willing to kind of you know applaud the opponent. So really, you know, I'm joking here, but the curlers, uh, you know, gave it a good gave it a good go, and then and then the rest of the world's getting better at the sport. And so that's also part of it too. But uh, you know, I, I am a naturalized American, a native Canadian, and uh, while I certainly love and appreciate everything about living uh, in the U.S. of A., something about those uh, you know those homeland fires that burn just a little brighter. And so whenever it comes to international sporting competitions, I just feel more. More tied to the land northward because that's uh, you know that that that's kind of how I you know my, my sporting memories were formed growing up watching Canadian teams and so that's kind of where I, I, I go on that. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, tonight's matchup in Portland. Why you were there, obviously. Uh, Jeremy and I were talking about our confidence level heading into this game and and our thoughts on BYU. We both, I mean, BYU should win this game. BYU, we expect to win this game. What's your confidence level heading into the matchup tonight? It's pretty high. You know, BYU's only lost at two times all time to Portland. They have both been in the Child Center in recent years, but uh, uh, Portland's uh, a team that's uh, sitting at four and twelve in league. Uh, they have only seven Division One wins on the season. They have some nice individual parts, and if you just watch their St. Mary's game uh, alone and isolated, and say this is this is who Portland is. If you just watched their St. Mary's game last Saturday, you'd say, well, that's, that's a heck of a team. How do they have only four league wins? They look at they look that good on that night. But uh, they're in a bit of a rut right now. They've lost uh, four in a row. They've lost back-to-back home games. They've lost to BYU four straight times. 
And so uh, I think BYU, too. I mean, this is a time where BYU needs to give itself a, a bit of a springboard into the postseason, and this will be a nice way to start the weekend off, certainly. And I hope they'll be inspired to uh, uh, play some of their best ball because they need kind of a bounce-back performance. Tuesday afternoon, you tweeted uh, a graph talking about, you know, the combined top two scores, the third score, and then kind of the fourth and fifth score. Regarding the fourth and fifth score, as BYU kind of has its, its big three and four and five are up in the air, who are the two yeah. most likely players to kind of emerge here in these last two regular season games and in the tournament to kind of help BYU boost, boost uh, the team, whether that's starters or off the bench? Well, and the bench thing is a real uh, interesting component to look at. If you look at their non-conference schedule, BYU, uh, the bench had double-figure scoring in every game. So all 13 non-conference games, the bench scored at least 10 points, and they were averaging, the bench was averaging 21 points per game out of league. In league, that number's down to 12. So, so you're down nine points a game from the reserves. That's a pretty significant number. And, and, and they've had double-figure scoring. So they had double-figure scoring in 13 of 13, right? Well, in league, they have a double-figure scoring off the bench in 8 of 16. And so, you know, to me, I think that's really where the biggest storylines developed is that Dave Rose, and he keeps saying this, he just needs more guys to do a little more. He, need, he uses the word balance a lot. And it's not balance among the big three. It's balance from the big three to the rest of the team. Uh, you know what you're going to get from Elijah Bryant. And BYU's had to really, really rely on him to be so consistent, he and, and, and Yoli both. And so when you talk about the next two guys, uh, even though he's one of the big three, I want to throw TJ on that mix uh, of, of, the next, uh, of two guys I really hope and expect to kind of pick their play up um, at the end of the season, into the postseason. Uh, he said one or zero, and so let's just take a look at. Um, say, say you 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 know you know what you're going to get from Yoli Childs inside. He's been as productive a player inside as you could expect to have. But really, it's been BYU's three point shooting that's been kind of uh, up and down, and in the losses where it really comes to the forefront. So you look at the three point shooting alone. Now, who can you really depend on to hit the three? Well, the answer this year has been Elijah Bryant. But they've got two other guys that you would have expected to be able to call upon for consistent three-point shooting. One's T.J. Haas, and the other is Zach Selyus. Well, T.J.'s got one or zero threes in five of his last seven games. He had 76 threes last year. He's got 46 this year. That's a big drop-off from a guy you counted on to make a lot of threes, and he can still do it. So I'm going to put T.J. in that, in that mix of guys who I really expect to be uh, heard from to a greater extent down the stretch. Then you have Zach Selyus. He's a more interesting study. Uh, he has two double-figure scoring games in his last 19. He had the 11-point game against San Diego and was a real nice spark for BYU. But he has a total of three threes in his last eight games. Now, this is a guy who, as a freshman, averaged two threes a game. He scored. He made 68 threes as a rookie. In fact, in the first uh, seven games this year, he was still averaging about two threes a game. He had 13 threes in his first seven games. He has 10 threes in his next 22 games, less than a half a three per game. And so that's, an, again, a substantial and notable drop-off from first season to second season. He's another guy I expect could pick it up and get hot uh, because he's shown he can do it. Um, Jasheer Hardnett, although you're not looking at him for threes, uh, he's made one of his last eight and I think has to make a shot or you know a shot or two a game to, to, keep, to keep teams honest uh, from distance. And McKay Cannon's just two for his last 12 from three. So those are four guys who, who, who you hope can be factors because they have been factors this season and in previous seasons. So that's more than a couple of names, but a bunch of guys I'm looking at to kind of maybe pick things up here down the stretch. And Peyton, I throw Peyton in there too, but his minutes are pretty, you know, uh, pretty scattered. He's, I think he's, he's, he's averaged uh, 
or he's had five minutes a game or fewer in four of his last five games. He hasn't scored in five of his last nine games. And so it's just tough to get a bead or a better read on, on what to expect from Peyton right now. Greg, after this game tonight, BYU returns home for the regular season finale. They'll be hosting Gonzaga on Saturday. And as we know, BYU uh, has, has had success against Gonzaga in recent years, uh, which I believe leads us to a stat that matters. Well, uh, there truly is a big three in the WCC. There's, there's, there's no two ways around it. Uh, and, and even though BYU is a third of the big three, there is a top tier in this league. And, uh, and our stat that matters deals with just how many times, uh, you know, the rest of the league, if you will, has had success against Gonzaga and St. Mary's. And BYU has beaten Gonzaga five times. BYU, uh, BYU has beaten St. Mary's four times. That's, that's nine wins over the top two league, uh, over the top two teams. So nine wins for one team, BYU. The rest of the league, the other seven teams have a combined total of 12 wins over Gonzaga and St. Mary's since BYU joined the league. And so, uh, you know, while everyone wants a little more and a little better, uh, BYU does have much more success against those top two teams than any other team in this league or any other groups of teams in this league. And, and, and there is a, a distinct pecking order when you look at uh, win percentages as well. Uh, Gonzaga, since, since BYU joined the league, Gonzaga's won 90% of its conference games. St. Mary's has won 80% of its conference games. BYU's won 70% of its conference games. So a 10% separation between 1, 2, and 3. Well, then you go down 20% to San Francisco, barely at right around 500, and then the rest of the league under 500. So there is a separation from the top three in the rest of the league in a lot of ways, and BYU's had more success against those top two teams than any other league could expect to have. BYU versus Gonzaga, Saturday, 8 Eastern on ESPN2, uh, and BYU Fair Radio. Up. Looking forward to that. Okay, uh, we talked Fair about up. the U.S. and can't, yes. We would call it senior night if they had any seniors, right? It's junior night. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's junior, sophomore, freshman night for BYU. Yeah. Yeah. Two in a row, which is crazy. Okay, uh, a cool thing about Canada. What do you have today? Well, it's a rough day uh, to be talking about this. Um, but we are uh, in, in the midst of the Winter Olympics, and so it's, it's Winter Olympics-themed. And uh, Canada is only two medals away from matching its medal haul at the Winter Olympics uh, for a single game. Back in uh, Vancouver 2004, uh, 2010, Canada earned 26 medals, and they actually ranked first in the world that year in, in Olympic medals, and they have 24 and counting. And so uh, speaking of top thirds and top threes, you know, we talked about the top three in the WCC. Uh, Canada is headed for its third consecutive top three finish in Olympic medals. They were first in Vancouver, third in Sochi, and they're third right now in Pyeongchang. And so uh, Canada's picked it up in the Winter Olympics of late, and uh, they're on pace. Uh, to at least tie, if not surpass, their medal hall from their all-time high set in Vancouver back in 2010. That is a notable thing for all humankind. All people kind. All and, people uh, and, can, and Canada needs that news today. It's been a rough, rough 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, way to end on a high note. That's great. We uh, look yep. forward to the broadcast tonight on BYU Radio. Pre-game coming up at 10 Eastern. 10 Eastern. Gregory, and your enjoy the day. Host for that. Uh, your pregame host is Jason Shepard. That's right. And uh, my, my, courts, my courtside commentary colleague will be uh, the great Terry Nashett. And so, a native uh, of Vancouver, the across yep, the Columbia just, River. Just across the river, yep, yep, here in Portland. So it's a homecoming for Terry of sorts. 
And then uh, Mark Durant back with me on Saturday at the Marriott Center for uh, junior sophomore freshman night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Greg, thanks, brother. Mm-hmm. Thanks, that's, Greg. That's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Bell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. This is uh, Canada. It, we <laughs> we talked about yeah, we talked about the U.S. dominating, and then later it's like, ah, yeah, you're third, you're ahead of the U.S. Like, hey, come <laughs> on, coming up, gymnastics is nationally ranked and posting some of their best scores ever. Assistant coach Natalie Brokman will join us in Studio B. But next, our and one picks. We're going down oh, to the boy. wire, and Jason is not going to win, <laughs> and neither am I. This is BYU Sports Nation. Catch the rebroadcast of BYU basketball with Dave Rose immediately following BYU Sports Nation today, 1 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. The player guest, freshman, the only freshman, Rylan Bergerson. That's right. Speaking of freshman, sophomore, junior night. Welcome back, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio and Radio Vision. We're also on demand. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Ball night, men's hoops at Portland tonight, 11 Eastern on ESPNU and BYU Radio with pregame at 10 with Shep. Cougars, nine and a half point favorite. Remember, in this game last year, Elijah Bryant scored 39 points. Women's basketball hosting Portland tonight in their final regular season home game. You can tune in to BYU TV with this guy on senior night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Cassie Tavajere, Amanda Wayman, Malia Nawahine, the three seniors being honored tonight. Men's volleyball beat Stanford on the farm last night in four sets, led by Storm Fagata Tufunga's five aces and a combined 34 kills from Fernandez and Sander for the Cougars. BYU hosts Stanford in Provo Saturday, 10 Eastern on BYU TV. That's part of a doubleheader of sorts, BYU Gonzaga, and then you can watch BYU Stanford. And my guys, BYU baseball begins four-game series tonight at Hawaii. Rough life. Book Jordan, him, Dano. Jordan Wood takes the mound for the 3-1 and one. Cougars. First pitch is at 11.35 p.m. Eastern time. You know what? BYU's been struggling from three, so what they need is the old-fashioned three-point play. It's time for and one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. The standings as of today. Spencer, 25 points. I have 18, and Shep. Just move on. And Shep has five. Do we have the standings? Do we have the standings? Anybody? Nobody? We do have the standings. Let's. Can we see them? There what? they are. We don't. We yes! Don't, we yes! Don't need to Finally, see last standings. time we didn't have the standings. No. You couldn't pay anybody off on Monday. Nope. Nope. No 25, standings. 18, and 5, okay? And under your name, it says, looking forward to baseball season. <laughs> All right, BYU at Portland. What are your picks, Jason Shepard? All right, my picks, my two-pointer. BYU will lead by 5-plus at halftime. Mm, that's a Spencer-like pick. And one! Zach Selyus will score in double figures for the second straight game. Okay. He had 11 points yes. at San Diego. He will get at least 10 in this game tonight. Okay. My two-pointer, Elijah Bryant, will be BYU's leading scorer by at least four points. Yoli Childs led the Cougars by four points in scoring in Provo in the first match. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my oh. and one pick. Give us some of that. And yes. one. 17 plus. Oh, BYU no. BYU is winning oh, this game no. by 17 okay. plus. You know what's happening. BYU won by 25 uh. at home, 24, 17 plus. But why do you do this? Because is it because it, it's your Because thing? it bugs you. That's why. Word of advice. Don't tell me what bugs you. I'm going to use it. Yeah, Jerem's that now, guy. Jerem is that guy. Now, the music's ending because we don't have any picks from Spencer. Which... Is great. News. He never sent in picks, so he's 
I'm making up ground tonight. I'm I'm back. What seven? Here's Eight? the thing. Seven. I could let's get, go. I could get be a three point night. Let's go. I could get both of mine correct. <laughs> I could get your points as well and still have no chance to win this. It's true. <laughs> we can make your picks worth like five and six points, and it's, yeah, it's you can double made. the totals for all of mine. I'd still have no chance. Our question of the day: Why didn't Spencer send in picks? Also, who is the BYU athlete? You would want with the ball in their hands if the gold medal was on the line at WD Heath 40. John Beck made the last-minute drive against Utah in 2006 look easy. Hey. Good answer. Coming up, baseball turns in its surfboards for bats and gloves in Hawaii. Why? And gymnastics is destroying fools and taking names. Assistant coach Natalie Brokeman tells us why they're so much better. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's Hoops is in Portland tonight to face the Pilots at 11 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio pregame. I'll have that for you starting at 10 Eastern. You can also watch on ESPNU. Your pregame interview with Zach Selyus? Zach right? Selyus at Ayers Larson. Yeah, or Ayers Lars, excuse me, one. It's almost as good as Malia Nawahine's. Uh, it's at, at like Darth Maul. At Darth Maul 10. 10 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Jeremy Jason live from Studio B. Thanks for hanging out with us on your home of the Cougars, BYU Sports day-to-day play-by-play. If you miss the show at noon Eastern, there's always a rebroadcast at 6 on BYU TV, except for Tuesday. It's at 7. Question of the day, who's the BYU athlete you would want with the ball in their hands if the gold medal was on the line? At Colby PRK. One, Jimmer. Two, Max Hall. Three, Austin Colley. It says Kali. I'm going to assume it's not Scott or uh, Zach or Dylan. Uh, yeah. A lot of Max Hall uh, suggestions People on this People love one. them. Some they Max love Hall. the clutchness of Max Hall. Absolutely. Now joining us, an assistant coach with the gymnastics team, ranked 18th in the country. Your name's Natalie Brookman. Thanks for hanging out with us. Studio you bet. Bay. Welcome. My first time here. I'm, I'm glad to be here. What do you think? I love it. I love it. I'd, I'd come back any day. We you love guys it have too. A sweet job. And we have some grips over here from Guard, yes. which is uh, a nice welcome addition to the set because you guys are competing really well right now. Maybe, yeah. maybe the surprise team at BYU this year. Maybe the most underrated team. How fun has this season been so far for you guys? It's been super fun. Um, I don't know if we're underrated, but it's been a few years of good hard work in the making. So. Yeah, it's fun to be reaping the rewards finally. We've got a team that's just killing it right now. So, See, you were, you were a former gymnast here, so you know what this program is like. I'm curious from your perspective, from the time that you were you know, participating as an athlete to now, what do you think has been some of the biggest changes that's gone on in the program? You know, I don't know that there are a lot of changes. When I was here, we were a really successful program, and um, then BYU went through a few years of – of kind of down in the dumps and um, our job has been to come back and build it back up. So um, we've done some good recruiting. We're getting some of those kids in now and we've got a team of girls that are just working hard and that's no different than when I was here 25 years ago. So I had a ton of fun Friday um, calling the meet uh, between 10th ring Denver and Southern Utah. They go by the flipping birds. That's a fantastic nickname. More nicknames <laughs> coming up in a minute, yes. but you guys post a season high. What went into making that your best meet of the season? 
Um, I had a coach ask me that last week, like, what's the difference this year? And you'll hear Tom Homo say all the time, like, the secret sauce of BYU athletics is the athletes. Mm -hmm. And so as much as as coaches, we would like to take credit, it really is that these girls are just working hard. And they don't ever stop. We train year-round. I mean, they're in the gym from June till May. And um, they've just worked really hard, and they've developed this new culture of um, competitiveness in the gym and... Um, they're just, they're just killing it. They're killing it in the gym. They're killing it in competition. And I think by the time we get into meets, it's, it's been so much competition in the gym that they, um, just have a lot of fun at meets and it comes out and it shows. And so now we're starting to see the big scores. So I was going to ask you, what, what does this success mean to this specific group? Well, we have four seniors who have, been waiting a while to have a team that can do what they're doing this year. And um, these nine young freshmen that came in this year are the ones that are pushing them. And so, you know, we've got kids in lineups that are freshmen, some that are seniors, and they're just kind of feeding off of each other. And so the senior leadership has been great um, in establishing a a kind of a new culture here. Um, But these young freshmen are coming in with the gymnastics and just pushing everyone above them to be better. So... There were a lot of uh, tremendous performances Friday, uh, and you play Boise State Friday. We'll get into that in a sec. But Shannon Hortman Evans, yeah, <laughs> on the floor, she got a ten from one judge. I didn't realize that we hadn't seen the other ten, so we're like, oh, she got a ten. Yeah, go but, ten. But she got. What was your reaction when you saw the ten on the floor? Because that's a big deal in gymnastics. Uh, well deserved. There's a small group of people who actually ever accomplished that. And um, when I gave her a hug after that routine, I said, welcome to the club. It's a small group. And you had Shannon, a I, had a, I had a 10 from one judge. Um, our other assistant coach, Brogan, she has scored a 10 before. But it, they don't come along very often, yeah. and they're hard to get. But Shannon, you know, as you watch her on the floor, she sells it every week. And um, what she needed to do in that routine was to put her landings where she wanted them. And we, we have no problem with her selling the routine and just, you know, showing off to the crowd. She just does that naturally, and that's hard to teach. But she put the landings where they belonged and did a great job. So we were really happy for her. Was there a Russian judge there that didn't <laughs> give her a 9 9? I don't know. I thought, I thought the scoring was pretty fair Friday night. But yeah, yeah I mean, did, to did get you, it. What did you think she deserved? 995, 9 uh, Yeah, I think she got what she deserved. I thought it was a great routine. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Way to way to sidestep that. That was pretty good. You're bet. What did you get a ten in? On the floor. On the floor as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How would you compare your ten to her ten? Gymnastics is a lot harder now than it was 25 (laughs) years ago. So I'll give her all the props on that. (laughs) We we've talked about the fact that. there are nicknames, especially locally, f- for some of the teams. The Red Rocks for Utah. They're yeah. fantastic, right? So, but, but they're Utah, so not that fantastic. Uh, Southern Utah, the Flippin' Birds. There's nothing yeah. for the Cougars. I know. So we have some really lame ones we want to sell you. Okay. Let's see what you think, okay? okay. You ready if for If you these? like any of these, you need yeah. to give us credit if you ever use them. I'm open. I think these are terrible. We've never even talked about this, so I'm open to any suggestion you have. Okay, these are so bad. I don't even know why we're ringing. You, you know how you said you were really excited to be here and you'd love to come back again? <laughs> that may change in mere seconds. The, the right. Claw and Cougs. Soren Cats. And our last one, Cosmos Kittens. Thoughts? I don't like any of them. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> At least he was honest. We couldn't come up with any good ones. When, like, you've got a good nickname. Tweet it in. Use hashtag BYU. I like it. When we were here, we were always called the Lady Cougs. Yeah. And I always liked that. It yeah. kind of speaks to the high class 
people we are here yeah. at BYU. So it's better than women in math. Lady yeah. Cougs. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Soren. Soren. What? Soren. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Soren cats. <laughs> yeah. Cosmos Let's stick kittens? with Lady Cougs for now. I don't like Cosmos yeah. kittens. Ladies, Our girls lady, are way too tough. Lady Cougs. Uh, yeah, the BYU athletic department says, "Hey, there, it's just cougars." You know. Yeah. So that's that's what it is. I like it. Yeah. All right, we have a, a question. This, honestly, in all of our research, has never come up before. Our, so, our research team came up with this. Yeah, our, about our, 20 our, people. Yes, yeah. it's okay. uh, highly paid. Uh, spend hours and hours on this. Uh, but we were looking over your bio, and it mentioned that you were listed as a demonstrator for the U.S. Gymnastics Federation, the Federation of International Gymnastics. Those make sense. And the U.S. Synchronized Swimming. What? Yeah, I've never synchronized swam in my life. I don't know if that's a <laughs> what word. Is your um, but I was a demonstrator um, for for all of those organizations for some compulsory programs that they were doing, just um, development of routines, and then for synchronized swimming for flexibility. For so, flexibility. Yeah, they just okay. said, hey, we need a gymnast off the national team who's mm. really flexible, who can come in and teach our synchronized swimmers how to be flexible. So my club coach and I went and did a did a thing. So... <laughs> There you go. And now you've uh, added it to your bio, and it's, it's fantastic. It's a quirk on there. So you were on the national team for the yes. U.S.? Yes. When and did you go to any Olympics or World Championships? I or? never did um, international competition, but I did compete on the U.S. national team for four years while I was in high school, right before I came to BYU. How is that experience benefiting the, the women in gymnastics that you coach now? Um, a lot of them do come off the national team. We recruit a lot of level 10s um, and... You know, mostly when we recruit, we talk about bringing in the right kind of kid. So um, they may not be national team, you know, or Olympian status like you see at the Red Rocks or um, some of these other schools. But we have a lot of confidence that we can bring in these strong level 10s and develop them into good college gymnasts. And I think this year is a good example of that. So what's the recruiting pool like in gymnastics for you know, LDS gymnasts and non-LDS gymnasts and whatnot in the region and national. What's it like? Um, there are not a lot of non, or there are not a lot of LDS gymnasts in the country that are um, at this level. There are some, and we would love for them to come to BYU. Um, <laughs> and hopefully, as we build our program and get better and better, they will want to come to BYU. They're going to see that there's a lot BYU has to offer here. So um, we do recruit a lot of non-LDS girls as well. And again, it's just about recruiting the right kind of kids. Sure. And they're great. They're, you look at our team, you can't tell who is and they, Yeah, LDS and they love and it. Isn't. They yeah. love it. They love right. it here. They're having a great experience. So I am always fascinated by the work that athletes put in to prepare for their sport, for their event, whatever it is. What is, what is the, tr- the type of training? And you can speak to this, obviously, as, as a gymnast, but also as a coach th- that sees these athletes now, too. What type of training goes into playing, to being able to perform at this level? A lot of hard work, detailed training. Um, our girls are competing at a really perfectionistic level. I mean, we're talking about one slight wobble um, takes you out and of you a lineup. You don't get a 10. You don't get a 10, and you don't even make the lineup the next week. So mm. these girls, you know, it, it's hard. They, they train for perfection. We're using um, a mental strength coach, Craig Manning, this year a lot, and he's helping them with that, um, just being able to stay in the moment, stay present. And I think our girls are really benefiting from his work with them. Dr. Manning's the man. Yeah, he's Used super cool. coach the tennis team here back in the day. Yeah, exactly. he's great. Well, Natalie, we appreciate the time. Uh, good luck against Boise State Friday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV, by the way. Thanks. And uh, no no pressure, but we expect, 
expect at least one more 10. So We do, too. There's yeah. lots more gymnastics to happen. So <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And it's a fun matchup with Boise State. They're in the same conference, kind of a preview of the championship. So check that out. Natalie, Absolutely. thanks for coming the in. BYU Sports Nation karma. Oh, let's get. Oh, let's are get you, your. Are you aware of this? No. Here we go. No. Okay, we've got two yes. things for you. We are going to give uh, the the gymnastics team the BYU Sports Nation karma. They're good vibes. You good vibes. Well. Good. Get your way. Yeah. Good. And we need your signature on that flag if you, you don't can mind. sign anywhere yeah. on the stretch right flag now. you would like. Yeah, go right for now. it. I'd love to. I'd love to. Natalie Brookman, gymnastics assistant coach. Cougars ranked 18th in the country. Boise State's 13th. So that's a fun one coming up Friday night. Coming up, baseball enjoys the aloha spirit, and men's volleyball throws a block party. It's all coming up in the whip. It's always good to beat Stanford, just in anything. It is. It's just great. And BYU did that uh, yesterday. And your responses to the question of the day. Gold medals on the line. Who you got? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Greg Rubel and Natalie Brookman. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we will recap BYU's game at Portland with Steve Cleveland. In the meantime, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Speaking of said game at Portland, the BYU men's basketball team in the Pacific Northwest tonight at the Child Center, 11 Eastern. Only Child Center. I like to call it the Jackie Childs. Childs because I like to go Seinfeld as much nice. as possible. Uh, 11 Eastern, That you can see that on ESPNU. You can listen on BYU Radio. I will have pregame at 10 Eastern on radio. Cougars are a 9.5 point favorite. T.J. Haas was named to the West Coast Conference All-Academic Team. Nicely done. Luke Worthington received an honorable mention. Women's basketball. Well, women hosting Portland tonight in the final regular season home game. It is senior night. Three seniors will be honored tonight, 9 Eastern, on BYU TV. Volleyball. The sixth-ranked Cougars beat Stanford on the farm last night in four, led by a combined 34 kills from Gabby Garcia-Fernandez and Brendan Sander. Cougars host the Cardinal Saturday, 10 Eastern, on BYU TV. Baseball. The Batcats begin a four-game series tonight. At Hawaii, Jordan Wood will get the start for the 3-1 Cougars. First pitch, it's a late one because it's in Hawaii, 11.35 p.m. Eastern time. Soccer. The NWSL announced the 2018 schedule yesterday. Taylor Isom and the Utah Royals FC will face Nadia Gomes and the Orlando Pride in the first game of each team season. The opener, March 24th. Softball. BYU begins competition today in the Mary Nutter Classic with a doubleheader. Cougars will take on number 11 Tennessee at 1 p.m. Eastern and Mizzou at 4 p.m. Eastern. Also, BYU softball assistant coach Pete Pete Meredith has been promoted to associate head coach by head coach Gordon Eakin. Hockey. BYU hockey faces number nine Grand Canyon University tonight in the Western Regional Tournament in Ogden. Today's Rise of Chats brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? Can we give it to the, the math uh, department? No, the USA women's <laughs> hockey team. Yes. Yes. Women in hockey. Congratulations to the U.S. Beat Canada. Beat the fighting Greg Bells for the uh, gold medal in a shootout. That's about as dramatic as it is. That's awesome. Yeah. Question of the day. Who's the BYU athlete you would want to, with the ball in their hands, if the gold medal was on the line? At Colonel underscore James 83. Former Taysom Hill or Jamal Williams. Current. Elijah Bryant. Is there a more clutch athlete than Elijah Bryant on campus right now? Uh, the, is he the guy? Is he the flavor of the month or is he the guy? Uh, the man does work, okay? He does work. He clocks in. He, he clocks, yes. He goes to work. 
Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Uh, at Laser Sheep, Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. That's in, two. Uh, in Webster's Dictionary. Maybe he's getting ready to give a talk. Uh, you'll find his picture. <laughs> when the bishop asked me to speak. <laughs> uh, no. In Webster's Dictionary, you'll find his picture under the word dynamic. The amount of carries to fumbles in his career is crazy good, yep. fast, strong, and he'll block for you. Never felt more confident in possessions with any other player. I'm trying to think of clutch Jamal Williams moments, right? And, and a lot of these people, like, I need to have had a moment to really push them in. I'd, I'd trust Jamal Williams in a moment for sure. I'm try- but I think Especially of- because, like, like Laser Sheep is talking about, doesn't turn the ball over. Right, it's right, crazy right. how much he was able to avoid those fumbles. I think of Danny Ainge when I think of clutch. I think of Jim McMahon when I think of clutch. I think of Beck to Harleen when we're talking about clutch plays that BYU needed a big bucket. Uh, Jimmer Fredette put people out of their misery early, so didn't have to go down to the wire in a lot of cases. He did make a shot against St. Mary's his senior year at the South Padre Island Classic uh, at the end of a game to yes. beat freshman Matthew Della Vadova, if I'm not mistaken. Um, had a smaller mouthpiece at that point. He did have a – yeah, he didn't – Didn't think he had the Brad huge Waldo mouthpiece. Brad Waldo didn't throw anything at that point, yeah. <laughs> All right, I want to read this one really fast. At Ames Flames – Jerem Jordan, no! Hashtag 17-plus curse. Yeah. I don't know why you yeah. keep doing this to all the you, folks. All you whiners. BYU's going to win the game, but it's not by the margin you want. <laughs> oh, your life is so hard. Uh, at Jake R. Kemp on the uh, USA over Canada results. When it was time for his A Cool Thing About Canada segment. Oh, sorry. This is the dual elite tweets of the day. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Jake R. Kemp. When it was time for his A Cool Thing About Canada segment, I had to mute my headphones. Not today, Gregory. Not today. <laughs> Hashtag USA. And then the other one, at uh, Kevin Nixon, 33. Mm. This is Kevin Nixon. This is the Kevin 33. Nixon. 33. Uh, Dalton's dad replying to the question of the day. Ahem. <laughs> Very nicely done. The conversation continues 24-7 <laughs> on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag. Oh, I'm going to throw the football you got this it, time. You got it. I'm going to throw the hashtag. Uh, BYUSN, the show always on demand. BYUSN.com. Please do not hit this camera. <laughs> yes! It was The pass was dropped, and that's all the right. The pass was high. It was just, my fault. Just stay awake. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Luis Lemmy's BYU Basketball Dave Rose coming up next.